Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern speaking to you tonight from Chicago. Bill Stern, the Kogi Shaker Man is on the air. Bill Stern, the Kogi Shaker Man, the story's rare. Take his advice and you'll look nice. Your face will feel as cool as ice. The Kogi Shaker will be a fan. The 490th edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel, featuring America's most famous collector of yarns and stories. Some legend, some hearsay, but all so interesting we'd like to pass them along to you. And to do this, here is radio's number one sports reporter, Bill Stern. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we're broadcasting from Chicago, and we're in Chicago getting ready to broadcast tomorrow's track meet, the Chicago Relays. Our guest tonight is the famous movie star Susan Hayward. But before you meet Susan Hayward in person, here is real one, portrait of a Princeton athlete. This is a story they tell around the campus of Princeton University. It's the story of a youngster, a youngster so brilliant that he was able to enter Princeton University when he was but only 13 years old. No sooner had this brilliant youngster entered Princeton when a strange thing happened. This brilliant 13-year-old youngster took up the sport of billiards. In fact, this boy not only took up billiards, but he became a fine player. So fine that soon he was the billiard champion of his class. And then he was the champion of the university. Ah, but the strangest part of the story is that despite the fact that this, this brilliant youngster did become the billiard champion of Princeton University, he did not neglect his studies. In fact, he graduated from Princeton at the age of 16 with the highest honors in his class. This amazing youngster seemed surely destined for a great career. And he might have had a great career if one day, if one day he had not been arrested for murder. Strange, isn't it? That this man, who was the billiard champion of Princeton, was arrested for murder. Yeah, he was arrested for murder when he was the vice president of the United States. For you see his name, his name was Aaron Burr. You might like to know the name of the man who was killed by Aaron Burr. That man killed by Aaron Burr on the banks of the Hudson River in Weehawken, New Jersey. That man was Alexander Hamilton, the first secretary of the United States Treasury. Ah, but there's still another amazing part to this incredible story. For in Weehawken, New Jersey, on the banks of the Hudson River where Alexander Hamilton was killed, Three years earlier, Alexander Hamilton's son had also been murdered on the very same spot. And that's the strange story of Alexander Hamilton and his son, who were both murdered on the very same spot on the banks of the Hudson River in Weehawken, New Jersey. Ah, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not the end of the story. For at that time, when both Alexander Hamilton and his son were killed, there was an American living in Europe. An American living in Europe who was a friend of both Alexander Hamilton and his son. And when that American came back from Europe to New York City, he was determined to cross the Hudson River and to see for himself that spot on the banks of the river in New Jersey where his two friends had been murdered. And the man did go to see that famous spot. He hired a rowboat and he rowed himself across the Hudson River from New York to New Jersey. However, the day was cold. And in rowing across the Hudson River from New York to New Jersey, this man contracted pneumonia. He contracted pneumonia and he died. Strange that this man should die as a result of crossing the Hudson River to see a spot where his two friends had been murdered. And 
Yet it's even stranger that this man should die from rowing a boat across the Hudson River. For this man who did die from rowing a boat across the Hudson River was the same man who'd invented a boat that did away with rowing. His name was Robert Fulton, and it was he who invented the steamboat. Profile, the sports story behind a spot in New Jersey in which a father and a son were murdered. I'll be back in just a moment with Colgate's guest of the evening, lovely Susan Hayward, but first, here's Real Two. Tonight, we're broadcasting from Chicago, but wherever you are, maybe your beard is tough like mine, or soft as fuzz, maybe your skin is walrus tough or tender as a baby's. Whatever shaving problems that you have, you'll find the answer is Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream. Try it on this swell proposition. There is one buck cash that says Colgate Brushless will win you in a flash. You'll see Colgate Brushless makes shaving really clean, smooth, and comfortable. It does away with razor drag and scrape, and here's why. Because it's light and fine-textured, Colgate Brushless completely surrounds, softens, and supports each bristle. Better than greasy, heavy creams. No matting down, no clogging. Your razor doesn't skid or skip when you use Colgate Brushless, but cuts through clean and smooth. That light, fine texture makes Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream a super beard softener. you never seen whiskers come off so slick or enjoy to shave so smooth and comfortable. And Colgate Brushless is economical to use. It spreads easier, and it goes further. So try it. Get a large or giant-sized tube or jar of Colgate Brushless tomorrow. Use it one week. And if you're not completely sold that it's the best shave of shaves, just return that carton top to me. Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey. And you'll get your dollar back pronto. Now, is that a deal? Then remember, there is one buck cash that says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Real three. Colgate's camera close-up of Susan Hayward. Tonight, we're broadcasting from Chicago. But our guest is in Hollywood, where our guest is one of Hollywood's most famous stars, lovely Susan Hayward. Are you ready, Susan? This is Bill Stern in Chicago, switching you to Hollywood, where the next voice you hear will be that of the famous movie star Susan Hayward speaking in person. Good evening, Bill. Well, yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. And perhaps because I'm part Irish, I can't resist telling you an Irish sports story tonight. Besides, Bill, most of your stories are about men. And tonight I want to be different. My story is about an athlete named Kimson, and she was a great athlete. Kimson was born in Europe. As a youngster, she was kidnapped, and when she finally was returned, she went on to become the most famous sports star in Europe. In fact, she became so famous that people named buildings, toys, perfumes, and even babies after her. But if you're thinking that Kimson was a girl, you're wrong. Kimson was a racehorse. Now, in the beginning, I said this was a St. Patrick's Day story. And so it is. Because this great racehorse, Kimson, was born on a St. Patrick's Day and 17 years later died on another St. Patrick's Day. And this is Susan O'Harrigan Haywood in Hollywood, returning you to Bill Stern in Chicago. Thank you so much. Good luck and good night, Susan Hayward. Real four. Profile of St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, as Susan Hayward has just said, yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. And sure, it's a day that Irishmen all over the world celebrate. That's why tonight we'd like to tell you another St. Patrick's Day story. This St. Patrick's Day story begins in Cleveland, Ohio. For one night in Cleveland, 
A boxing exhibition was taking place. It was a wild, brutal fight that saw Stanley Ketchell, the middleweight champion of the world, fight a four-round exhibition bout with Ernie Ball. Ernie Ball took that money he made in that fight, and he used that money to come to New York. He used it to come to New York not to fight, but to write. For when he arrived in New York, he wrote, When Irish eyes are smiling. are smiling. Ah, when Irish eyes are smiling. It's a number that's sung every year on St. Patrick's Day. And you know, when we hear this great Irish song, my memory goes back through the years. Back through the years as we think of the names of some of the great Irishmen who've made sports history. The fighting Irish in Notre Dame, Jimmy Braddock, John McGraw, Connie Mack. Ah, who can forget James J. Corbett, the former heavyweight champion of the world who took the title from another Irishman, an Irishman named John L. Sullivan. John L. Sullivan, who was never knocked out by anyone. That is, by anyone except his own father, yeah, and do you remember Mike McTeague, who in 1923 won the light heavyweight championship? Curiously enough, that Irishman won that championship in Ireland on St. Patrick's Day. Sure, and wait a minute, Bill Stern. <laughs> sure, it's easy to talk about great Irish athletes on St. Patrick's Day. But what about the greatest Irish athlete of them all, James Roy Shannon? James Roy Shannon? Uh, he was a great athlete. He could run, he could jump, he could pole vault, he could set records in the mall. Ah, but the story of his athletic ability is much too well known. But maybe, maybe what isn't so well known is what happened to James Roy Shannon after his athletic days were over. For one day, one day not so long ago, had you been standing near a railroad crossing outside the town of Pontiac, Michigan, you would have been amazed to see a man slowly, deliberately walk out into the center of those railroad tracks. And had you been there, you would have been horrified to see a train coming toward him at full speed. He turned around to look at the approaching train. Surely he moved. The train took light up to the blackness. It took the figure out standing in the middle of the track. People screamed at him. Jump! Get out of the way! Look out! But he didn't move. The engineer slammed down the brake. When they picked up his battered body from under that train, James Roy Shannon was dead. Sure, yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. Yet you know, you know, I never think of St. Patrick's Day without thinking about a great Irish athlete, James Roy Shannon, who died under the wheels of a train. Ah, he can never be forgotten. For he did something that makes him live on. Oh, it wasn't in athletics. Uh-uh. You see, this man who went to his death under the wheels of a train can never be forgotten. Because it was he who wrote the immortal song, Tura Lura Lura. Tura Lura Lura. That's an Irish Back in just a moment, but first, real five. Since we're in Chicago tonight, here's the best in the West, Don Elder. If you're looking for smooth, comfort made to order for you, there's one buck cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. And here's why. Because it's light and fine textured. Colgate Brushless completely surrounds, softens, and supports each bristle better than greasy, heavy creams. There is no matting down, there is no clogging. Your razor doesn't skid or skip when you use Colgate Brushless. Instead, it cuts through clean and smooth. Give textured cream does away with razor scrape Gives you really smooth, clean, comfortable shaves. 
Get a large or giant-sized tube or jar of Colgate Brushless tomorrow. Now remember, if one week's use doesn't convince you that Colgate Brushless is the shave of shaves, just send me back that carton top. We'll mail you $1 at once. The address, Bill Stern, care of Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey. Now how's about it? There is one buck cash that says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. And that's the 3-0 mark for tonight. Uh, wait just a minute, Bill Stern. There's a young lady here that I'd like to have you meet. May I present Helen Bolstad, the Chicago editor of the national magazine Radio Mirror. Miss Bolstad. Bill Stern, Radio Mirror has just run a national popularity poll asking its hundreds of thousands of readers to vote on their favorite radio stars. And Bill, not only were you voted the most popular sports commentator in this nation, but you won by a landslide. What's more, Bill, in being voted the nation's most popular sports commentator, Something else happened in our national radio poll that gave the editors of Radio Mirror a bit of a shock. For after the votes were counted, Bill, not only were you the country's most popular sports commentator, but you're the champion of champions. You got more votes from the radio listeners of this nation than anyone else. That goes for Jack Benny, Bob Hope, Walter Winchell, or any of the other artists. And that's an amazing tribute to you. Well, thank you very much, Miss Bolstead, and through you, may I thank the readers of Radio Mirror and the American public. I really do not know what to say, but believe me, Helen, I am very, very appreciative. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the 3 mark for tonight. <laughs> Next Friday night, we'll be back same time, same stations, when our guest will be the president of the National League, Mr. Ford Frick. See you then. Until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the news of the day, newsreels at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now until next week at this very same time, this is Bill Stern wishing you all a good, good night from Chicago. Susan Hayward will soon be seen in the Walter Wanger Technicolor production, Tulsa. Tomorrow night over NBC, hear Colgate's Hour of Fun. Hilarious Judy Canova, followed immediately by A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. The Bill Stern Show tonight came from Chicago and Hollywood. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.